Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, June 12, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first, we're in a melt-up situation. But don't let that fool you. We're in a very, very important week. What do I mean by that? Well, we have a ton of stuff on the docket this week. A ton of data. First, it's options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. The futures contract roll. Weird stuff happens. We've got CPI, PPI. The Fed culminating on Wednesday, two-day meeting, Tuesday and Wednesday. We have a whole list of alphabet soup stuff on the docket this week. You've got rebalancing. You've got quad witching options expiration. FOMC, PPI, CPI. I think you even have a phony jobs number of some sort later in the week. There's no shortage of excuses or reasons to move the tape. Which way? That's the $64,000 question. Let's say the melt-up continues for a little while. What's the next major area of resistance above current price? I would get out your sticky notes for this one. We're going to call it 435, give or take, but it's not because it's a semi-fat round number or anything. The actual number is a few cents higher. It's actually a spike above by just a little bit 435. That's an area of overhead resistance. What happens if they keep going? What's the next one? 436.75. Put that on a sticky note as a just-in-caser. When you look at a weekly chart, we have to notice where we are. So when you look upon this pivot high, that comes in at 431.73. We're above that now. That opens the door to the space between the next big-time pivot high and all this stuff in here. Well, where is overhead resistance in there? Well, that's the trick. 435, call it 04. 436.75 are the next two major important numbers. What if they pull the rug out on the first piece of data? What if they pull the rug out tomorrow morning on Turnaround Tuesday? Where would they be going? Well, what were we talking about last week? They're eating time off the clock, and if they continue to do this, and they continue to stay above the breakup candle low, they're going to push higher. That's what they did. They started on Friday they gave a little fake-out candle. We talked about this in the live room this morning. And here they are pushing higher. So what happens? Well, the last area that they broke out from is somewhere in this zone, somewhere down below 430. That's where they would be going on an early Tuesday shakeout operation routine. Of course, inside the numbers and members in the live room will have the exact numbers on an as-and-if-needed basis. We can even say today's low, which happens to be around 430, big fat round number, that's the first area you're likely to see what's called a bull bear battle ensue. Put that one on a sticky note for tomorrow as a just-in-caser. I'm not saying they will be down there. I'm saying if we get a turnaround Tuesday or a turnaround Wednesday or whatever, that's the first place they're going to retreat to. It's the first place they're going to want to run a test of. 
What about inside the numbers? Was anybody able to make money today? Well, there was a handful of traders, even in this quiet tape, that was able to take advantage of, specifically in the live room, of some commentary that said, hey, if they stay above this, they're okay. And by the way, it was also written inside the numbers, and you'll see it later as I scroll up. So we had a buy the market if you want to play for the float type of situation on the board, and we knew where it was wrong. Well, let's take a look at what we had at zero dark 30 on the board. We'll start with today's numbers down here in the middle. 4.30.15 will be our early pivot. We think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. You see the low of day here was 4.30.17, two pennies above the pivot. Now, the question you might ask is, why was 4.30.15 the pivot and not the gap? Why wasn't the gap important down here at specifically 429.89 was the gap that we were looking at today. Depending on what chart you look at, it moves around a few pennies. But why wasn't that the important number as opposed to 430.15? Well, that's part and parcel to some of the value inside the numbers and in the live room. The numbers are specific, not to a gap, not to a specific place all the time for the reason you might think, but the numbers come from a calculator, and guess what? What we also knew inside the numbers, the live room, 430.15 was the number, but it would not be out of the ordinary for them to come down 20 or 30 cents and fill the gap. They didn't do that, so the number was in fact the pivot. They stayed above, they ran a quick test, stayed above, they couldn't even get to it, and they took off for the rest of the day. We had a target on the board, the target was if they stayed above, the door is open for 431.75. Well, obviously they got there and then some, but it all starts somewhere. Back to the pictures, and you can see here that certainly that was overhead resistance. Well, how do we define overhead resistance? Well, there's two phases. First, the market stops going up. So you can see here the high was... 431.74, no accidents or coincidences. They try it again, they get above by a few pennies, then they just run sideways for a while. Well, they're eating time off the clock. Now, they stopped going higher, but they were not rejected. So if they can get above, then they can push higher. So resistance is first they stop going up. They did that, but we have a lack of participation. It's a slow tape. You got a case of the Mondays out there. The market will get volatile this week for certain. It's going to go somewhere. It's going to go in either or both directions, and it's going to do it in a faster manner than we saw today. What normally follows low volatility or a creeping market is a faster market. That's just the way it works. doesn't have to be the next day, but we're not going to get a sideways to slow to grinding creeping market all week long. That's not the way this week should work. Now, I say should with a grain of salt. Should is not a guarantee of anything. This is just using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the market does the same stuff over and over. When we have this many things on the docket, we could expect things to get a little more exciting than they were today. That's normal garden variety. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You're not going to see a whole lot different in here than above 432. 
That's the former high. That frees them up to go higher. If they start closing candles above 432, they start the next trek higher. They did that. They found initial resistance where they were supposed to. It was A, a target, and overhead resistance. That was the 431.75, close to the former high. Read the notes. Go back to the chart and double-check the work. What about stocks on the move? Not a lot of fanfare there either today. We'll take a look at two that hit their entry objectives. We'll look at COIN, and we'll look at NDAQ, which is the NASDAQ. COIN getting a little haircut at the open. 51.61 was the number. They bounced around a little bit. Traders in the room bought some lower. They got a little pop out of it. They didn't really do much. Then they started leaking lower and came up short of the second number down at $50.05. The low was $50.10, and then they went sideways. Not a lot of fanfare in coin. NASDAQ, this is the stock, not the actual market. They were getting a haircut at the open. They opened below the first number, so the first number's off the board. They ripped it up anyway, but first number off the board. They hovered and creeped into the second. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for them here, like in the second candle. They came up short and bounced. Well, now we don't want it anymore. So this is now off the table. Now what happens? They creep into the third number. They get below. They go back above. Not a lot of fanfare in either of the stocks today. It was a case of the Mondays around the horn. This wasn't a trader's market. You got a one-way tape in the S&P for most of the day, and you take the market they give you, not the one you want it to be, and you move on to the next day. We don't get FOMO, and we just wait for the market to give us what we want, and we have patience because what? Because there's a trade around the corner 100% of the time. What's going on over in Camp IWM came up short of our resistance zone, So the longer that they eat time off the clock and run sideways, the more likely they are to either bust through or get to the top of the zone a little bit higher as they're essentially what we call recocking the gun, resetting the tape. Just as a refresher, the IWM on the weekly chart will remember this, breaking out above the top end of the range. What was going to happen? If they did that, the energy was going to be released in the upward direction, and they would start working their way toward the breakdown candle high area. They did that. Mission accomplished. The next question is, how high do they go? And this week, we'll tell a big tale. What's going on with the folks down at the Transportation Department? Secretary Buttigieg. They're eating time off the clock. As long as they stay above this breakup candle low, 14,064, these moving averages, she's eating time off the clock. Get above this 100 and stay there, and she's still eating time off the clock, but in better position yet. When you look at this technically, what'd they do? They came back to fill the gap, so they did that. There's a lot of resistance up in this area. Resistance, the pivot high. So all this is an area they have to work their way above. Doesn't happen overnight. As long as they stay above this area, then they're likely to continue eating time off the clock to get up more into this area. Look at it this way. Let's look at the monthly chart. We'll just use it as an example. Doesn't matter whether you're looking at a five-minute or a monthly chart. All charts act and react the same way. Here you have a breakup candle low. So they ran a test a couple of months in a row. Little short, closer yet, but never spiked it. But now they're headed back in the other direction. You get back above the 20, 
and there'd be above all the moving averages on the monthly chart, you close above there, and that's a bullish signal. So what's happening here is they had a pullback into retest or run a test of a breakup candle low. They bounced off of it, successful test. The question is, can they complete the job, get above here, and if they can, start long-term again, start closing candles above there, then there's another leg higher first to run a test of that pivot up there. That's the big picture. There's other stuff in between. It's a monthly chart. These things take a long time to develop, but the concept is we could have had the same conversation on an hourly chart. You see how all charts act and react the same way? Sure you do. What about the Qs? Anything different? No, it's still a melt-up operation. Remember this day here? Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. That's what we said. Didn't really make that big of a difference. If they were going to come down, they would have had to do it likely the next day or two. They didn't. They went back in the other direction. It's still a melt-up operation. 362.75 to 363 is the next big-time spot where they can have a reaction And if they get above, they're going to start working their way to run a test of this pivot high up there. I would put that one on a sticky note. Keep in mind, markets are melting up. Somebody's going to pull the rug out for some reason. At some point, market's going to have a pullback slash begin some kind of correction or at least a pullback. That's the way market works. I'll also turn your attention back to the Spider Weekly chart. And we'll note that we're in an on-time type of situation which can certainly leak into next week. What's next week, by the way? How about a tinfoil hat event? Hey, you doing? On-time situation, tinfoil hat next week. Markets trade up or down into those events, and they can be ripe for a turn. Doesn't mean they will. It's something we pay attention to because it does work large majority of the time, not all the time. And I shouldn't use the word large in front of majority, but it works enough. Might want to write that down on the same sticky note from before. The financials, they were pretty much even today. Now, on the daily chart, you got a bull flaggish kind of thing, eating some time off the clock below these moving averages, the convergence of the 200 and the 100. Okay, fair enough. What else do you have over here? Well, you got a pivot high right here, so they're eating time off the clock under that. You got another one right above. Then you have the moving averages. There's a lot of stuff above. So they're eating time off the clock to build some energy to work through. But what else do we have? Weekly chart, you got a bearish wedge. So here you have a wedge and there's a range, okay? So they can work to the top of the range and the bottom of the range. Once they break the chain, as I like to say, break out above the top or break down below the bottom, then it breaks the chain. This one is going to play out way lower if it happens, but if it goes up, what's going to happen? Well, the same thing that happened with the IWM. If it starts to go up, they're going to start working their way up toward the top end of this breakdown candle. Now, we don't know exactly where. you got a 100-period moving average up near the top. You say the top 20-25%. That's the area that they would get sucked up to We're not saying that is happening, and that doesn't have to happen all in the same week, but that's what happens if they break the chain. What about Smash Mouth? Anything wrong with the semiconductor space? Well, not really. All they're doing is running a test of the high that they made. Remember, we talked about this a number of times. 
before the other markets found an interim top, the SMH topped. Now, here we are trying to bust out to new highs. Now, other markets are already busted out to new highs. The Qs, the SPY, the SMH or the semis is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So as long as there's nothing wrong with the semis, then technically there's nothing wrong with the Qs until there is. We can call it the Q canary, kind of like the folks down at the transportation department. They're my favorite canary in the coal mine for the S&P 500, the overall market. Well, more specifically, the Qs have the SMH as a private canary. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.